Hello, this is Monica Diaz on Media with Monica. Today I want to discuss a quote from a book written by Andrew Chadwick. The book is entitled The Hybrid Media System, Politics and Power, the Second Edition. In addition to this quote, I want to discuss it in the context of the ongoing 2020 election with a specific focus on political advertising on social media and Google. Later, I also will discuss who I think has the potential to win the 2020 election and possibly defeat Donald J. Trump. Now let's begin with the quote and kind of set up what this podcast is going to be kind of focused around. So the quote is from page 287 of the hybrid media system, Politics and Power, Andrew Chadwick's second edition. And the quote reads, Trump performed a rebalancing of older and newer media logics. He relied on social media to influence print and broadcast media agendas, but he also developed a purer form of digital media strategy with a focus on Facebook analytics and advertising. Now, it's kind of a larger quote, so let's unpack what that says. So it starts off with addressing how Trump kind of figures out how to rebalance media. You know, before, the first time we heavily saw media and social media specifically in the elections that played a significant role were the uh, elections that occurred when Obama had won. And so when we kind of think of that, you know, you saw in 2008 and 2012 when he was reelected, how President Barack Obama utilized social media. And then that kind of just took even more of a deeper and stronger route during the election of Donald J. Trump and his time running for presidency as well. And so it's kind of interesting when we see this quote is, it is true, you know, he did rebalance older and newer media logics. Um, in addition to that, it also talks about how he relies on social media to influence print and broadcast media agendas. And he really does. And so sometimes we even see nowadays, rather than going and waiting for a newspaper or a news website to release what's happening in Washington Washington, or from a political stance, you see Donald Trump is already tweeting about it, utilizing social media before we can even hear it from media outlets. And sometimes it's as simple as live streaming on Facebook or posting stories on Twitter or whatever it may be. And so we're seeing this as a much more rapid rate because he is utilizing social media. And so you do see this start influencing print and broadcast media agendas because now journalists are having to adapt to how can I push this out the fastest before the president's tweeting this, you know, so they have that first scoop and that fresh viewpoint on that story. Now it says he also developed a purer form of digital media strategy with a focus on Facebook analytics and advertising. And so that's something we want to talk about um, that's really important is when you start looking at media agendas and media strategies focusing on Facebook analytics and advertising, this is kind of where it gets a little tricky. So there have been reports basically saying that Trump, amongst many others, have taken or just took to Facebook essentially and started looking at the analytics of the people in those areas. And some of the ads we're seeing on Facebook are geared to certain, to certain people because of their political preferences. You're also seeing that you may have you know, Uncle Joe, who lives in the boondocks in Alabama, who may be a big Trump supporter, um, he may be getting more Trump ads on Facebook and more political agendas to support him versus, you know, Aunt Beth, who lives up in New York and is super um, liberal. She possibly could have received more ads for Hillary Clinton or for Bernie Sanders, especially. So you start seeing that these analytics and advertising specifically are being geared towards different people. Um, I know a big one right now is going on with Twitter 
is Twitter is no longer accepting political ads. And this is something that's been a great uproar because Twitter, very similar to how Facebook was working, um, they say that it was almost, Twitter was becoming more democratic and supporting the dem, uh, the Democratic Party as well. So more democratic as, you know, educating more and putting that stuff out there, but then also gearing more towards the Democratic Party and less so to the Republican Party. Now, there's some correlation between this and people go back and forth about it. And in order to avoid all of this, Twitter has now decided that they're going to be kind of done with it all. And so that's kind of interesting to see, you know, what's going on and kind of view it from a social media stance. And so I want to go into this a little more on political advertising on social media. And also let's start getting into how this is going to be found on Google as well and kind of how Google plays a role in um, the elections. All right, so kind of how I had mentioned before in reference to political advertising on social media and Google, I want to start viewing this from what's going on going into the 2020 elections. We saw how in 2008, um, in 2012 specifically, Obama used social media to advance his political agenda. 2016 comes around and then Trump does the same thing, kind of mimicking what President Barack Obama did. So two men who knew how to utilize media overall. So going into the 2020 presidential campaign, we have to look at this text a little deeper. So I'm going to read it again and then see how it could be applicable to the 2020 presidential campaign. Again, the quote from the book says, Trump performed a rebalancing of older, newer media logics. He relied on social media to influence print and broadcast media agendas, but he also developed a pure form of digital media strategy with a focus on Facebook analytics and advertising. Now, Let's look at how this is going to play a role in the 2020 elections. And if you're wondering how, it's very simple. The first thing we're going to notice is in 2016 and before when Trump was running for president, he started rebalancing older and newer media logics. He was looking at what was outdated, what was new, how to get the most um, voters and so forth, similar to what Barack Obama did as well. Very smart. Let's utilize the platforms that are there. And think about that. It's free advertising, putting stuff on Twitter, right? Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, so forth. So when we look at going into the ongoing 2020 presidential campaign, you already see some of the front runners from the Democratic Party are taking specifically to Twitter specifically, in addition to Facebook and Instagram. Instagram is not as common. That's typically where we're seeing more of them. Hey, this is what I did in this city. You know, Facebook is where they're appealing to the family sense. And then we have Twitter where it's, you know, all gloves are off and everyone's going wild, essentially pushing out their campaign as much as possible because that's free forms of advertising. So we want to look at how is this going to affect political advertising on social media? Well, like I had stated before, Twitter kind of makes it a little difficult now because Twitter is no longer accepting political ads. So it really starts putting, you know, the framework almost on, we see Mark Zuckerberg, what's going to happen with Facebook? Is Facebook going to take a stance? You know, we're going into the month of December and Facebook has not released whether they will continue political advertising or not. The only one officially has been Twitter to release that they're no longer going to endorse any political um, candidates. And so this is something really interesting is seeing how it's going to kind of have a role on Facebook. Is there going to be any significance? Are they going to allow political ads and so forth? But then in addition to that, we also look at Google and we start seeing how Google is almost pushing ads as well. And so you see people um, kind of looking towards Google and sometimes, so something interesting to look at was 
during the 2016 election, when you were going on YouTube specifically, there was predominantly more hate ads against Hillary Clinton and more supporting ads for Donald J. Trump. And so you see how even YouTube, those videos start formulating and you see how there's kind of a bias created that's being put on people. And so that's something that is we're trying to see is, is Google going to play a role in elections? Are they also going to say, no, we are not going to endorse anyone and even though they haven't come out with it, you start seeing that you can find more ads. So in reference again to the 2016 election, there was more information, good information about Donald Trump on Google than bad. And there was more bad information on Hillary Clinton than good on Google. And so you start seeing is, are they going to play a more balanced game? Are they going to try to stay neutral in the terms of elections? It's already a messy thing. And really what is going to happen? And so when we read that quote, the Chadwick quote, it's important to understand what's going to happen in the 2020 presidential campaign. And so we already see gloves are kind of coming off when we have all these people, I believe it's around 15 or so people still in the race for the Democratic position to compete against Donald Trump. And it really is pretty sticky because, you know, it's being left up to these big corporations, Facebook and Google and Instagram as a back runner. Um, but also saying, you know, are these companies going to endorse these candidates, what are they going to do and how are they going to support it? And so that's something we need to look at um, and start paying more attention to as the elections come closer. You know, we are less than a year away officially, about 11 months out. And so it is actually a very prominent topic of what is going to have happen. So in addition to that, I want to conclude with a statement on my own, just kind of predicting what I think is the possibility of the 2020 election and let you know who I think could be a possible candidate to possibly even defeat President Donald Trump um, and kind of how the role of new media in this election is going to affect this specific candidate. So if you're wondering who it is, well, let me tell you. All right, so now you're thinking, man, who is Monica thinking has the potential to beat Donald J. Trump. And so I want to break into some of the platforms of this candidate, why I think this candidate can win, and then also, is it even possible for said candidate to beat Donald Trump? And so let's get into that a little bigger now and so start saying who it is and then breaking it down further. So out of the 15 or so candidates still running for election um, against Donald J. Trump for the Democratic position, I truly do believe Elizabeth Warren has the potential to win, but I'm not sure officially if she has the possibility to be, defeat Donald J. Trump. And so I want to start off with some of the um, positions that Elizabeth Warren stands for. And so if you go on her website, it's pretty simple, elizabethwarren.com. The first thing you see, it says, what will Elizabeth do? It says, Elizabeth has a lot of plans, but they're really one simple plan. We need to tackle the corruption in Washington that makes our government work for the wealthy and well-connected, but kicks dirt on everyone else and put economic and political power back in the hands of the people. So Elizabeth Warren is for the working class, and that's something you see is she's kind of putting herself down there saying, hey, middle class, lower class, I am here with you. Let's start helping you out. And that's something that I've really been um, very appreciative. But I also see that she has one of the highest voter preferences amongst the other Democratic um, candidates. And so that's something that's kind of interesting. So, you know, you go further into her thing, just together we will dream big and fight hard. And so they're trying to build a grassroots movement in order to fight for big structural change and power put in the hands of people is what she says on her website. So that's an Elizabeth Warren quote, not a Monica quote. Um, so kind of just breaking that down a little more. But the interesting thing is when you start seeing kind of what she does and what she stands for, 
is she does a lot for the people. So she wants to help minority women. That's a really big one. Has plans to help the people in Puerto Rico. But her biggest thing is bringing down those people that are in Washington, D.C., those corrupt um, politicians, and start clearing out those cabinets because she wants to have a fresh and new Washington to have more people who are adequately representing the population and the total of the United States of America. And so I think it's really honorable that she wants to fix corruption in Washington. And I think there is potential for that. I'm not quite sure what we're going to see in the next upcoming months. Like I said, it's December. We're going to know who the president is in next November. So we do have less than a year until this is going to happen. Now, I think she has the potential to win because she does appeal to many people. She's appealing to the lower class, to the working class. A lot of times right now we're seeing that these people who are upper class are getting so many benefits, but these lower to middle class people aren't really receiving much. And if anything, they're being dug into a deeper hole. And so what's kind of interesting is Elizabeth Warren is avidly against Trump, but also says how, you know, she wants to help these people. And she is using new media in this election, which is huge, along with the other Democratic candidates. But she's taking specifically to Twitter and even tweeting at people and letting them know, calling um, voters who are supporting her. And those videos are being posted online. So you see how she's really trying to appear very impressionable with people. So I think new media is going to have a role in this election and it will continue to do so. And if you've ever read the book by Chadwick that I've kind of referenced a couple times, you would see how new media truly does have a sway in politics and will have a significant sway in the 2020 election. And we can see how social media is going to affect what the outcome is. Now, I do want to talk about really quick, does she have the power to defeat Trump? And now I think this is going to be all political opinions aside, putting down what her platform is and everyone else's is, is the fact that she's a woman. And I'm going to be honest, I think that's a big contender that some people are not ready to have. Me, I am all for it. And I think it would be wonderful. But I think kind of what we saw when Clinton was running, people were putting her down because she was a woman, claiming that she was um, not capable of running a country because she would be irrational and emotional. And so I'm hoping that that's a barrier that Elizabeth Warren can overcome. And that's not something that holds her back because she's probably one of the best candidates we have right now for the Democratic Party. So when we go over this, we read that quote from Chadwick and we see how the ongoing 2020 presidential campaign is going to have some sort of sway from political advertising on social media. Now, whether Google or Facebook is going to play a role in this, we can only wait and see essentially in these next upcoming months. And maybe we'll even see a win from Elizabeth Warren, not only claiming the Democratic spot, but also beating Donald J. Trump and making a new America as she plans to fix corruption in Washington. Now that's all I have time for today. That was Media with Monica. You have a great day. All right. Thank you.